0: What up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep, Show episode number 78. I said 78. I'm looking right at the number. I'm not sure why I sounded like I wasn't sure of that. Uh, but Joe Klecker is on the show today. Joe Klecker is an American distance runner professional uh, for On Running. He's actually on the OAC, On Athletic Club. Uh, their coach is Dathan Ritzenhain. So we've got some greatness going on here on both sides. Um, This year, or over the last six months, really, Joe Klecker has literally taken gasoline or lighter fluid or whatever you want to do that's flammable, put it on the track, and set the track on fire. Um, That was probably pretty corny, but what I'm saying is you get the the picture now. Joe uh, just just recently, or most recently, won the pre-classic, the 10,000 meter to become the U.S. champ. Uh, Before that, he did very well. Uh, At at a track meet there But then also after that He uh, showed up in Oslo And crushed it there as well Um, We are ramping up This is the week Or weekend coming up Of World Championships So this is a perfect time To drop this episode We're really excited Joe is going to be representing America uh, In the 10,000 meter uh, race there At World Athletic Championships So this is the first time That Worlds is on U.S. soil and I know we talked about that a little bit in the show here, so please tune in to this. Make sure that you follow Joe. Make sure you follow uh, the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Subscribe to this podcast, all that good stuff. Um, but. Got to take a little quick side note. Thank you so much, You UCAN. Uh, UCAN is a nutrition company who is sponsoring this episode, and they are also one of the proud sponsors for Joe Clecker as well. On this episode, we gave away a marathon training packet that had a bunch of stuff, like from the protein to the bars to uh, the energy that you can drink beforehand. The uh, award-winning UCAN Edge that is an on-the-go packet comes in strawberry banana or orange. Orange is cool, but strawberry banana is absolutely it's just amazing. So just trust me on that and go ahead and get yourself some. In order to get some, you can get 20% off if you use Tommy Runs, T-O-M-M-I-E-R-U-N-Z, 20, uh, 20% off your your entire purchase if you use Tommy Runs as the discount code on UCAN.co. Thank you so much, UCAN, for sponsoring this episode. Companies like you are making the world go round and you're fueling our pursuit. So thank you so much for that. But without further ado let's jump into this episode with joe Klecker. we talked about his uh building confidence back from injury because he was just injured not too long ago so things that he's doing now is absolutely amazing and i think we can all learn from his road back to where he thought he wanted to be and actually ended up going past where he was at the time of injury so i can learn a lot from this i'm sure we all can check it out thank you so much enjoy the episode with joe Klecker.
1: It's going good thank you thank you for having me
0: oh yeah yeah no problem man i really do appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your schedule because you're in like full training mode right now right yeah i
1: know we just i just came from training had a run this morning a lift and a massage and then more recently just got back from from racing overseas so it's been definitely a busy couple weeks and you know it's probably the busiest time of the year with with training racing traveling all over so yeah, it's uh, sometimes hard to get get a spare hour to, to sit down and, and chat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I do. I really do appreciate that. I mean, especially right now, it's like everything is all for focused in on worlds right now. And, I, and I'll try to fight the urge to talk about like Oslo and, and everything that's happening right now and kind of go back a little bit to give people some background of, most people know uh, know who you are right now, but just to kind of give some of the listeners that may not know a little bit of background on your your history and, and what running has kind of how running's played a role in your life. Like when did running become like when did you start running? When did it become a thing? Uh, how early in life was it for you?
1: Yeah, so I, I started running probably in like more seriously in seventh grade once I got into middle school. Uh, both my parents were competitive runners in their day, and so it was definitely uh, something that I was surrounded by kind of my whole life was running. And so um, I knew once I got to middle school, I wanted to join the track team, cross country team and and uh, start to pursue some goals. Um, but yeah, and then I am I have five siblings in my family and all of my older siblings ran as well. So it kind of just made sense to follow in their footsteps and um, join the cross country team with them. It made it really easy for my parents, you know, getting us to practice and whatnot, okay. you know, yeah. all going to the same place isn't
0: So. Well, that was, that was kind been of my start. Very uh, considerate of you <laughs> as a kid to say, you know what, just <laughs> I'll jump in there too. It's just so you can drop me off in the same place. So, so how did so when you started when you started off running? How did that like? How did that play? Like, when did you realize like you were fast? Like when did it say like when does that light bulb click and and figure out like hey maybe if I keep going with this it could be something fun or fast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that
1: early on, I realized I maybe had a lot of potential in the sport. I mm-hmm. I really always compared myself to other people of my age. And so I was always kind of comparing, you know, the times I would run to, you know, other seventh graders around the state and other seventh graders around the country. Um, and so I always kind of, um, you know, because I say I'm like a seventh grader racing in a varsity race, you're racing people who might be five years older than you. And so it's kind of hard to mm-hmm match up with them but if you're comparing yourself to people of your similar age uh back then that really motivated me and so then every year you know eighth grade then ninth grade i was just kind of comparing against um people of my similar age and i just kept getting better and better Um, but that really motivated me to work harder and then you know by the time you get into 10th grade um you're able to compete with pretty much anyone in high school and so but early on that was definitely my focus because it can be demoralizing you know you're in a junior varsity race and there's you know you might be in seventh eighth grade and there's people who are in you know their senior year of high school and yeah. um to compete with them it's just you know you're if you're physically in much different spots and so um yeah just comparing myself to to similar ages uh people around the state really helped me uh, stay motivated
0: well i mean that's actually really Uh, interesting that like um, I'm sure more people do it than not but just to hear you say like hey you know if when you're in a varsity uh, meet it's like you're you're competing against people that are just much farther along in the journey than you are and it can it can be pretty tough to see like somebody go whizzing past you um, and just for like the normal person you know like for me Mm -hmm. like I'll I'll be in a marathon or like a half a half marathon or any race you know in particular and then just say there's something that goes past you or someone that leaves you know in the beginning you don't know where that person is in their journey it's a little easier you know early on like in high school and middle school ages to see that someone's older but you know like i think that's something cool that we could all kind of take from and say hey you know we don't know where someone else is and there's no need comparing like so find where your where your level is and then kind of compare from there and see where you stack Mm -hmm. up so i just thought that was interesting that you were wise enough to say like hey let me not let me not compete with the seniors here. Let me compete with who, you know, at my level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it totally made it much more approachable because, you know, in every other sport, you're usually competing against people of your age group. You don't really, you yeah. know, join the football team, and all of a sudden you're, you yeah, know, playing high school. Experience. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's all how I always looked at it. You know, you got to kind of compete against the people who are, you know, at your similar right. level, you know,
0: experience level and everything. It's probably pretty safe though to you know to not throw like seventh graders in with like you know the the high school football team. I think that that's probably best.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good a good way to do it, and you know, and <laughs> I don't think that would end very well. Uh, they wouldn't
0: be able to compete very well. And um, so as you as you went through through middle school, um, yeah, I heard an interview somewhere where like where your your mileage by the time like you, you know upper high school levels like you know junior senior you were like at 70 miles um 70 miles a week and I just I'm really interested to see like at what point did you know seventh grader that's kind of competing and comparing himself to you know other seventh graders around the country how did that progression look for you and like how long did it take you to get to 70 miles a week and how did that you know you're young so it's a while ago now but you know how did that 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 feel and change and how did you work through that yeah
1: so I would say that over the summer, a lot of my training was just self-coached. And so um, how it works in Minnesota, at least, the coaches aren't really able to work with you kind of in the off season, which okay. I think is kind of nice. So you can kind of do your own thing. It's, it's not yeah. too structured. Um, and so actually one week in seventh grade, I really wanted to try and run you know, 70 miles. It was like 10 miles a day. It just seemed <laughs> like something that would be fun to try and do. And so I would just go out and run five miles in the morning and then five miles at night. But it was really loose you know like i mean there were probably weeks where i ran 70 75 miles in high school but it was like more just kind of it wasn't like really structured you know it Mm -hmm. was like i would get up and feel good and go run you know eight miles if i felt better i'd run 12 miles Mm -hmm. um and then you know some days if i didn't feel good i would just go jog a few um my big thing was just over the summer to try and run every day um we'd meet with the team like unofficially, uh, without the coaches, we would just kind of have a good group of guys. But, um, yeah, so I would working my way up to 70 miles, I guess, was just, um, something in the summer, you know, your board is just like something to to work towards, you know? Um, and it, it gave you a good sense of accomplishment too. And that's honestly over the summer was just like really rewarding because otherwise I would just go like, sit at the lake all day or something and kind of feel like I'm not really doing much because I wasn't in school or anything. Um, but then running really gave me those goals I could achieve, you know, like, uh, I had this hill workout I would do. I'd just, you know, run up this hill by my house and, um, you know, say I would do it six times. Well, then in a few weeks, if I was going to do it, I'd want to try and do it seven times. And so you just had these little goals that you would work towards. And then, um, yeah, then you look back at it and you're like, wow, I ran, you know, 70 miles this week or 75 miles. And, um you you feel a good sense of accomplishment but it definitely wasn't like this totally like mastermind training plan that i was Mm -hmm. following it was very just like spur of the moment and just um you know hopping in runs with friends i remember one day um, me and one of my buddies we wanted to try and run 20 miles Mm -hmm. and we only made it 17 but i remember at one point like we stopped and we saw like our coach uh walking out of a coffee shop or something and we just talked to him for maybe like 20 30 minutes in the middle of the run and then kept going so it wasn't like this again it was just one of those goals you could kind of chase after uh, and feel a sense of accomplishment but it wasn't
0: like just this really structured system we're in i mean i think that that's awesome though i mean because i mean you're in seventh grade trying to do this like in my daughter's my son's in sixth grade or going to seventh and my daughter's in going to 10th grade so like i'm gonna go up after this interview i'm gonna go talk to them and say hey you guys got to run more like you know joe klecker was doing this he was running 70 miles a week for fun you guys got to get to it so like you weren't so do were other kids i mean know you said there you were beating up with other kids like you know in your in the school with you know in your on your team but were you like the only one kind of throughout the time that was just had your own little thing that you were just trying to do, like run every day in the summer, try to run 10 miles a day. Was that something you were kind of just doing on your own or did like a group of you kind of rally around that?
1: Yeah, I would say we definitely had like a kind of a good core group of
0: runners and Mm -hmm. we, I would say everyone kind of had
1: their own little goals, like how many miles they wanted to run over the summer or like Mm -hmm. things they wanted to accomplish. And so we definitely had like a little group um, that would meet up probably four days a week and then, you know, kind of, go out and tackle these goals because it was nice we weren't racing over the summer it was like you could really just kind of enjoy running in that sense like you had you know two or three months where it was just you know you get to you say okay today we're going to do a hill workout and you might not know what that's going to be but you just kind of piece it together and figure it out and um that was always kind of fun but yeah we had it where i went to high school we had a definitely a good culture of running and certainly a good like core group of guys that would want to meet up and you know, at 8
0: a.m. Yeah. on, a, on, a, on yeah. a day, so yeah, you guys are crazy. <laughs> 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 I mean, back, yeah, back in high school, like there, there was probably a weekend for sure, never, never getting up past before like nine ten o'clock, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's really, that's really cool that in it speaks to just like how important it can be, especially in running and in life in general, like how important it can be to find a group of people that that really, um, you know, have similar goals and, you know, want to be better at a thing that you also want to be better at. So, um and I think in during the pandemic, we realized like how much, you know, like team environment or uh, a group of people to go run with and and share stories and miles with is just how important that really can be.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, for different, sure.
0: different goals. I mean, even
1: the guys that we're, we're running with, I mean, I certainly had Goals to be the best I could be, but a lot of the guys that we were running with, they, they never wanted to be, you know, professional athletes or even running college. It was just, yeah. and I almost admire that more, you know, that they just would still go out there and do it just because, you know, it was, you know, they got that good sense of accomplishment or they enjoyed the camaraderie of, of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like they had goals to
0: be an Olympian or goals to, you know, at that level. So I was, I was like that. Yeah. Hats off to them, man. <laughs> it was just like, just getting in, just getting in seventy mile weeks, and just be, just because of the, you guys must have been some really great company for sure. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys, you better have a really good story for me if we're, if we're doing seventy mile weeks, just because, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so like, as you, as when did that like, that's got to play a big role in into like how the transition. I mean, because I know you had a a pretty good high school career, um, you know, d- you know, did well, uh, went went to college, but how did that that those big miles that you were doing just because from like seventh grade to, you know, through high school, how did that play a role in you trans transitioning from like that 70, 80 mile high school career to, you know, what you had to do in college?
1: Yeah, it definitely made it less
0: intimidating.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's, you look at um, like where I went to school at Colorado and I mean, there's people running a hundred miles a week or even more. And so when you're coming out of high school um, that's pretty intimidating, but, for me to think okay i'm already running you know 70 and you can kind of see that logical progression to um increasing your training load mm-hmm. um so i think that's one way it helps but certainly along the way i mean i had a lot of injuries and like my desire to run was maybe more than my body could handle and right. so you know i ran into injuries and stuff too because of that which is you know that's obviously a bummer because you want to just be out there running and enjoying it but then you you know you get injured and you can't run at all yeah um but yeah, the biggest thing was just being able to look at what I was gonna have to do in college for training and seeing how it could, you know, how I could mold
0: into that eventually. Mm-hmm. And and so like when you when you came in, like, was there other people, other high you know, people coming into the team just that were like really scared of this hundred miles? That like, cause were they at like forties and fifties, and you're much closer.
1: Yeah. yeah, we certainly. Yeah, certainly. I mean. Not just the mileage, but the intensity of the mileage, being at altitude. Um, there are a lot of factors that people, yeah, they were definitely intimidated, and some people just couldn't handle it. You know, the transition was too big, um, and you're only in, you know, university for four years, maybe five years, and so the coaches definitely want to kind of get you on that fast track to to getting ready to to race at the college level, and so it's not yeah. like you have endless amount of time, and so yeah, certainly people, you know, couldn't handle that transition. But um, those who could, I mean, at CU definitely were able to run really competitively at the collegiate level. Right. And,
0: and what, what year did you uh, graduate, Joe? I graduated 2020. 2020. So like, so after, so after this really solid career, you know, or your cross country campaign too, um, you go to 2020 and go pro in like the weirdest year ever. Mm-hmm. Um so just talk to me about that I mean cuz you were kind of in the beginning of this um OAC team and just talk, I'd love to hear more about like in the beginning stages like what that was like going pro first off obviously it's a big deal for you mm-hmm. but then also to get in like kind of ground level on something that seemed like it was going to be really cool.
1: Yeah no I mean like you said it was a very just weird time to to be a runner a weird time to be in college you know and so there was just uncertainty with everything but mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very fortunate that um, On kind of reached out to me and was like, hey, we, we're looking to start this team um, because I knew a lot of runners who were similar level to me um, and they really had no options. And, mm. you know, with the, um, the uncertainty at the time, a lot of brands weren't signing runners. And so the fact that On had kind of committed to wanting to sign me was really big. And mm. I was really, you know, I didn't take that for granted. Like they put a lot of uh, faith in, in me as a runner. Yeah. Um, And so I was very fortunate in that sense. Um, But even still, it was like not my initial plan. I never would have thought like I would be not only joining a new team, but kind of being at the ground level of a new team. I was very happy with my college coaches and I really would have loved to just stay with them and keep doing what I was doing. It was very comfortable and I was seeing improvements every year. But when I realized like that wasn't an option, you know, on said, Hey, if you're, if we're going to sign you, we want to start this team. And so I kind of had to take this leap of faith with, with on and um, we had to look at hiring a coach, look at bringing in a team around me. And obviously the results now are just like nothing we could have imagined. And so things have worked out very well. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was like a really weird time. I mean, it was just, on was moving super fast with everything. They wanted to sign me. They wanted to sign some other runners. Uh, They signed Dathan who was living in Michigan at the time. And he, you know, sold his house and moved out really quick. And so everything was just happening so fast. Um, But, and so it's like, you're, you know, you're in the midst of this, like all these changes you're used to, you know, in college, it was just the same every year. And then within the span of a few months, you know, it was just, everything was changed. It was certainly just like a whirlwind, but um, things really fell into place in a great way. And I think that just goes back to on, you know, hiring the right people you know, getting the right, system in place um but yeah being on the ground floor was just incredible i mean just to see how much on has grown actually just right. when we were in zurich this past week we went to the headquarters and uh just to see how much like the headquarters they were in when i signed and then the headquarters they just moved into it's like 10 times the size just to yeah. select, not just our team but as a brand they've grown a lot and so it's
0: it's really cool to be a part of that so when they so when when you were in the beginning stage of this i mean they hadn't even hired dating yet yeah, they were they were in like talks of a few coaches,
1: um, and then that was kind of one of my things. I was like, well, I need to like know who the coach is going to be if I'm going to join this team. And so they kind of gave me a little bit of power to to help interview some of the coaches and kind of um, have a have a say in who is going to be coaching the team.
0: Yeah, and
1: that was another thing they gave me a lot of faith in on as a brand that they were like giving me that power to kind of right. help choose the coach. And right. so yeah, Dathan wasn't even like here yet, and then. Pretty shortly after I signed, though, we narrowed it down to him because he was just a great energy and like he seemed the most excited about taking the job. And I think at this level, like if you're not excited about it, I mean, it's such a commitment that yeah. you, you would fizzle out pretty
0: quick. And and I mean, obviously, he has a pretty good name in running, too. So it's like that that kind of helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a sim- I mean, he has somewhat of a, a I guess a similar comparison to to your career as well. Or like, you know, the type of runner you are, you know. Um, So that has to probably that probably played a role into you kind of leaning in his direction. Totally. I mean, he ran at CU as well and had the same Mm -hmm. coach as me. And so
1: there was a lot of comfort early on um, choosing him as a coach, because I think he was going to be the best person to guide my transition from Colorado to professional just -hmm. because he knew exactly what I was doing at Colorado. He went through the same transition in his day and he was telling me, like, he made a lot of mistakes in that transition and, those are mistakes he would like help me avoid. And I think that's been one reason that our team has been so successful so quick is that he's helped us avoid a lot of mistakes. You know, like there's a lot of things we might want to do and he kind of steers us the other way just because, you know, maybe it's a mistake he made in his career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard an interview you say something like, you know, um, that he, because of his experience um, and, you know, trying to steer, steer you all in the right direction specifically i think you're just talking about yourself but there's some races where you felt like you're really fit for you wanted to go after a certain time you wanted to go after 13 mm-hmm. um and he's like well you know you have this coming up and even though it seems like it's enough time here's where i went wrong here's what i did and you kind of follow it along so it takes it's definitely two-sided where he has to share obviously have the experience but then for you to be able to hear it and cause you still could have pushed through, I guess, and tried yeah. to go after that, but you ran the race within that, that, you know, within the, within the goal. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Yeah. There's been a lot. And not even just that one instance. I mean, there's been, even like when I was in Europe just now, I ended up getting into a race in Rome. That was a super competitive race that I would have loved to do. And Statham just like, look, this isn't going to be in your best interest. Like the travel is just going to no, be wearing really. on your body. Um, and looking back, I mean, it was the total right decision, but a month ago, like I wanted to run that Rome race no matter what. And so Mm -hmm. it's funny, like some of these things he steered me clear of, I look back on and I think, wow, like if I would have been, you know, making all the decisions, I would have made a lot of mistakes. And I don't think that I would be, you know, have qualified now for the Olympics and then the world championships. If I had made these mistakes, um, just because us running is at such a high level that those mistakes add up and those little little things here and there you know start to impact your training start to impact your racing and you really got to be kind of dialed in
0: and then so for you to um um i just, I just lost my, my total train of thought but so when you were were out there it oh that's what it was so i if for coaching wise i mean you've obviously had a coach for quite a long time and, it, and it's been it's worked for you to go from high school to college and luckily your college to to professional transition of a coach is kind of the same similar feel because it was kind of in the same school of thought which is great mm-hmm. but how important like has do you feel like it is for like just say like the um the average runner who is just you know going after the the first half marathon or the full or whatever race it is how important do you feel like a coaching is because you've also gone kind of self-coached through the summers mm-hmm. but how much how important do you think it is for an amateur to have like some type of structure like that so they can bounce ideas off of.
1: Yeah. I think it's incredibly important just in the sense of like, you're having someone like over, overlooking all your training, overlooking what you're doing because, you know, you're kind of in it, you know, like as an athlete, you're always kind of wanting, maybe wanting to do more, or maybe a little bit unsure of what you're doing. And just even to have that reassurance of what you're doing that someone else thinks it's the right thing um, is like super important. Cause I would say, most of coaching is really just believing in what you're doing and so if you you know if you're if you believe in the workouts your coach is giving you or the plan your coach has you're much more likely to feel confident and ready to perform on race day Mm -hmm. where you're you know showing up to the track and thinking you know should i do eight times 800 today or should i do six times 800 right and and you don't know like you you don't want to cut the workout short but you also don't want to like overdo it where if you had a coach you know who could kind of bounce your ideas off um it just gives you a lot of confidence i think more than anything
0: yeah and and i totally agree with that i mean because it's always nice to hear coming from a pro i mean even though you all have you have coaches you would think that i'm an amateur runner so i don't i don't need one like there's no point i could just look up a training plan online and and download it or whatever for free and just go through it but that like objective look at what's really going on from a, uh, from a, cause we're just so close to it. We're so close to like, you really, really wanted to do that, that race, you know? And most of the other runners would probably say, yeah, man, you're fit, go do it. You know, Mm -hmm. but for someone to like, have like your, your interest in mind for the long term, or even just for the next month, Mm -hmm. um, is just really cool to have someone say like, Hey, you know, don't worry about doing, or even on it from a workout standpoint, you know, I'm sure that there's times when Dathan's like, Hey, I want you to hit these numbers. But because of this if you're not feeling it, just pull back a little bit, you know, like those, those little things that those subtle changes that kind of help us in the long run. Yeah. You know, I even have some, like a lot of friends who are amateur runners and,
1: and they might not currently have a coach, but they'll bounce ideas off me and say, Hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is my goals. Like, what do you think about this workout? And just to even, you know, just to get some assurance or some guidance is like Mm -hmm. super helpful. And so even if they're not like your full-time coach, just someone that, you can even bounce ideas off occasionally, I think is super helpful and can give you a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you don't even, you don't have to go necessarily pay for a coach, but just to have like that solid community of people that really want to see you do well in the long term. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's just, that's a a huge thing. And like I said, in 2020, there's so many of us that were just maybe solo runners or whatever, and barely kind of, but after the pandemic, it seems like everybody's like, Hey, let's get together. Let's talk. Let's Mm -hmm. have these miles. Um, and that's also where like, you know, some of the help comes in where people can bounce ideas and thoughts of, you know, injury prevention, stuff like that. Um, and you kind of talked about injury a little bit, you know, a little earlier. Um, and I'd love to hear, cause I know you were, you're injured not too, not too long ago, actually it was like a couple of years or so ago now you kind of got, got through an injury.
1: Yeah. I, I got through an injury in uh, December. I started, December. yeah, right about the early in the year, I started training back on the ground again, but yeah, kind of around Christmas time, I was dealing with a, I had a stress reaction in my foot, but over the years, I've definitely had a
0: number of injuries I've had to work through. So, and and I know, and Dathan's had had in his career, he had some injuries, kind of play, kind of off and on. How mm-hmm. has like how what what advice has he given you in in that injury prevention lane that you feel like has been helping you? Because December seems like a really long time ago for some reason. Like it just mm-hmm. seems like a year ago, uh, a full year. But in the last six months, you've done a lot and, and you've been racing quite a bit. Um, how, what have you what has he told you that that you could kind of share with us that kind of has been helping you in the last six months?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, initially when I got the injury, like with anything, you're really, really bummed out just because you kind of have this ideal season, this ideal race schedule in your head planned out. And then you have to totally you know pivot away from that. Um, and then, so, you know, after the first few days of just kind of being very down about the injury, um, Dathan and I, you know, we talk and just kind of like, you know, it's the, your injury is kind of the reality of, you know, what, what's going on right now. You can't, you can't hide it. You got to respect it and let it heal. Um, and so then we kind of turn our focus to, you know, what can we keep doing every day that's going to help us get better? You know, obviously uh, I can't run. But I can go to the weight room, I can go do like yoga, mobility. Yoga's uh, good. There's a lot of things you can do to um get better as an athlete, even mentally, you know, just visualizing uh racing. A lot of times I'd be in the pool, you know, aqua jogging, I would just close my eyes and kind of visualize that I was in a race. And things like that can really help you as an athlete and make you a lot better. Um, so when you do come back to running, you're stronger mentally, stronger physically and really hungry to get after it. And so that was my focus when I was injured was just like, what can I do every day to keep improving as an athlete? And then once I was finally back, then it's the reality of, you know, you were so fit before the injury and aerobically, physically, you can't just jump right into that level of training. Again, you got to work back up to it, you know, weight bearing again. And so then it's just kind of, um, trusting the process of getting back into shape and respecting that, process and not overdoing anything that you're going to get injured again. Um, and so once I was back to running again, it was just taking it a day at a time and thinking, you know, every day, if I can do the right training, you know, not overdo it, not overstep it, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. And you keep stacking those days and that consistency, and then all of a sudden you're doing workouts that you were maybe doing right before your injury. And you're thinking, you know, now I'm back, like your your training is back to that level. And then kind of the last piece of that, um, getting back from the injury for me was actually stepping out and racing and, uh, setting a PR, which certainly isn't always going to happen in your first race after an injury. Um, but that was kind of like the final piece for me to kind of put that injury behind me and realize like I'm through with it and I can look forward to the rest of the summer. Um, but being able to do that took just focusing every day and every step of that injury process, trying to do it the best I could, you know, it wasn't just like sitting back for six weeks and letting it heal. And then, you know, kind of doing things half-heartedly. It was like really kind of focus, like really analyzing every day, like what do I need to be doing to get, to get back and to get better. And so Dathan's really good at it. He's been injured a lot. And so his, he's really able to advise kind of the workouts I should be doing like on the bike and in the pool that, Can give me confidence that i'm at least maintaining some level of fitness yeah and then a lot of the the weight room and the mobility stuff was kind of self-guided just knowing that i have weaknesses as a runner and Mm -hmm. now that i'm not running you know 100 miles a week i have a lot of time in the day to work on those
0: weaknesses that i know i have yeah no i think that that that's that was so well put and i loved like every step of that because it's it is um we do tend to if we're hurt we just uh, Obviously, you don't want to put too much weight or stress on the, the issue, you know, obviously find workouts that work for you, workouts that don't aggravate the issue and prolong the recovery. But once you do that research and figure out like what things can you do, like I, I'm huge on like, you know, control the controllable. So like you can't run, you can't, you know, crush that workout right now. But, you know, what can you control? Uh, that you can add to your day um and you know for most you know the amateurs out there i mean it's yours is a little more intense you have to you're a professional and you need to you, your main th- goal is to be as prepared as possible you know on the day you can get back to running but even on the amateur level that's what we would like to have happen as well um and even if you get back to it and you say you start off slowly and you're, and you're increasing miles slowly is you just don't want to get re you just want to get re-injured and all that work that you did allowed you to ease back into it with confidence that you did a lot of work to support that issue Mm -hmm. um and i just think that that's incredible because that's i mean that's what we do we 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 sit back we don't do anything we kind of take the time to do other stuff which we should like life stuff that's great Mm -hmm. but then we get back to running and we go crazy and then we're hurt in a different way you know like it may not be the same issue Yeah, yeah for sure yeah um and so like when you uh when you are, are back from injury and you're you're feeling you're feeling good and you're out there on workouts, like how do you trust? How, you, so you have so much riding on being healthy. Mm-hmm. How do you trust the that the issue? Like so, you have a, a, a stress fracture in your foot. Like I guess I'm I don't really know what the question is, but like as a runner, it's sometimes hard to trust that you're okay. Like, yeah, no, I
1: I hundred yeah. percent know where you're coming from like yeah yeah. really trust that your body is back and trust that you can do the training it's hard i mean honestly sometimes when i was coming back i would have a great day of training and i would just be sitting there thinking like you know is the next injury just creeping up on me you know Mm -hmm. like and kind of um just thinking like wow like things are going really good right now but is there like another injury that's just around the corner that maybe i don't know about right now and i would say that the way that I usually calm that anxiety is to um, do some like some prehab or do, you know, put that energy instead of focusing on like worrying about another injury, like doing, you know, doing like the little things, right. You know, doing some extra like rolling or doing some activations before my run. And that kind of gives me like confidence that um, I'm doing the little things right to keep my body healthy because yeah, when everything's going good and you're you're feeling great and you're crushing workouts, I mean, it's awesome, but, you can kind of get uh, you can kind of start to neglect some of those little things that you had to do, you know, coming back from injury to keep you healthier to get you back from injury. Right. And so I would say that, yeah, like trying to keep some of that stuff in your routine or also like trying to remember, like think of your injury and maybe you don't know exactly why you got injured or how you got injured, but maybe you have some ideas of, you know, I was really tired. I wasn't getting enough sleep and I mm. was really stressed out yeah. and trying to control some of that stuff a little bit. Like, I know for me, my injury in December, I got it right around Christmas time. I was traveling. I was trying to fit these workouts in. My, my nutrition wasn't great at the time just with being super busy. And so I've been like one way I've been able to trust like my body and trust that I'm back able to train now is really dialing in my nutrition Mm -hmm. and just knowing that I'm fueling properly and my body has everything it needs to recover. And, um, that just lets me know, like when I go out and train, I, I should be able to do it and not get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, yeah, running into that um, just like en- energy deficiency and yeah. um, stuff
0: that can happen when it's the holidays and you're traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we know. <laughs> and, and when you when you said nutrition, I mean, when we're prior to at one point where you was your, was your nutrition kind of like all over the place normally. And as you've you know, gotten more professional about it, like have you has it changed and what's it look like now? Yeah, so I would say nutrition is something for me that I always kind of put
1: on the back burner. I really mm-hmm. just didn't really focus on it until this injury. I kind of just there was no rhyme or reason. It was just like eat whatever, do whatever, like I've been fine to this point. I've never really yeah. had to focus on it. Yeah. But once I got this injury, I really like I really thought and I was like I think that I think that I got this injury because because of not fueling properly, not getting in the right nutrition. And so I just tried to like create good routines with my nutrition, making sure I'm getting in proper fuel before my run, proper fuel after, and just like creating good routines with everything. Because then when say you travel to a race and you get knocked out of that routine for a few days, at -hmm. least if you had a really consistent, you know, routine for those weeks and weeks leading up to it, you're probably going to be all right. But if you're just kind of all over the place all the time, you know, and like ordering DoorDash for for lunch and like it's just really hard like sometimes to get in like the the fuel you need and so like you were saying kind of controlling the controllables it's easy when you're at home in your routine to kind of control what you're eating in the morning control what you're eating for lunch control your fueling during your workout um those are the controllables and then yeah when you go to racing and traveling then that's it gets a little out of whack but as long as when you can control it you control it i think that's been what's really helped me
0: yeah no no i love that because it's like it, it, life does happen. So you, you just, sometimes you just have to roll with what you got. But um those moments when it, when you are kind of at the, the you, you got your hands on the steering wheel, so to speak, you know, those are the times when you really want to like dial in and make sure that you're, you're doing everything you can to, you know, just on a day to day, just feel, feel as good as you can. Not even when it comes to running, you don't, you know, just in life in general, you want to be able to control something, you know, in and, and if it's nutrition or, or rest or whatever, or all of it, then that that's just the, the direction we got to go, you know? Um, so after you turned pro in 2020, you know, things are, things are rolling, you know, you're racing and um, you, you talk to me about like that process of like, when did you qualify? What I think you, where, where did you qualify for the Olympics? Um, and then just talk to me a little bit about like that process.
1: Yeah. So right when I signed, you know, it was during the pandemic that, that mm-hmm. spring of 2020. And so I kind of had like a good, few months where there was a little bit of racing going on, but it was all pretty low key. And so mm-hmm. I had a good amount of time to really adjust to the new coaching system, kind of adjust to life as a professional runner and like, you know, what, what I need to do to get to that next level. So I wasn't like, I didn't sign my contract and had to go out and like try and make the Olympic team two weeks later, like a lot yeah, of you do in, in normal years. And so Yeah, I had, you know, I signed in that like April timeframe of 2020. And then the next year in June of 21 was when I had the Olympic trials. And that was, you know, I had to get top three to make the team. And then a month prior to that, I had to hit the Olympic Games uh, standard in the 10K. So I really had about a year before I had to go out and try and make that Olympic team. And that was, I don't, there's no way I would have made the Olympic team in 2020. I just was not at a level. Uh, to do so. And so having that year of preparation to adjust to the coaching, adjust to the professional running um, was super important for me. But yeah, so I made the team in 21, then go to Tokyo and then I had a great summer of racing um, and then had my injury in December. And then now it's kind of all back. You do it again. You know, I had the trials Mm -hmm. this year was in May um, to qualify for the world championships in July. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of like you keep, Keep rolling. It's it's very, other other than the pandemic, making things kind of all out of whack for, for that. My first uh, year as a pro, everything's been, it's just kind of like the same old, you know, you have your trials, you have your world championship and you got some, some high level races you hope to do.
0: And then you take some
1: downtime and you do it again.
0: And so uh, there's two really big moments that like kind of, that obviously stand out in the last year um, or so, which is, you know, you qualifying for the olympics at the trials and then fast forward to to the race that you needed to qualify for the um for worlds in eugene this year um those are two big moments obviously in your in your career mm-hmm. and hearing you know knowing that you know on started this with you know with you in mind and a few others but you very early in the process like how does it feel you know, when you crossed that finish line in um, in 2021 to qualify for, for for Japan, how did that feel um, like crossing that line, knowing that you were supported by on and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously, for a
1: lot of personal reasons, it was like such a huge goal to make the Olympics. But in terms of on as a sponsor, I mean, just knowing how much stock they put into me yeah. and how much they believed in me as a runner to, to do that straight away to make the Olympic team really just shows like what I was doing is working what we're doing as a team here is working. Um, and yeah, I mean like you, when they're believing in you, you got to hold up your end of the bargain, you know, Mm -hmm. like you want to go out there and perform. And like, I would say, you know, on, it's a smaller brand. It's a very tight knit brand. And Mm -hmm. maybe unlike some of the bigger brands, like we, we all have a lot of pride in the company. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like the, the, the logo we wear. It's, it's, we're a big piece of the product development. We're a big piece of, the company as a whole i mean when we were in zurich at the headquarters i mean it was amazing like everyone knew who we were they know the OEC. like they're huge fans of us and like i think if you were a nike team or an adidas team and you walked into their headquarters people probably wouldn't know who you are mm-hmm. and so to see that with on it's like pretty special but like then it's also some extra pressure that like we got to keep performing you know like these people are huge fans of us the, the brand loves us you know we we got to go out and make teams we got to go out and set records i mean that's that's like our end of the deal, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it's pretty cool. I mean, like just, I've loved every part of being with this brand. Um, and it's just even more like more special seeing how much people in the brand like love our team.
0: No, that that's dope too. I mean, it's, it's not just financial support, but you know, definitely, um, you feel like it's like a family vibe in it. That's always good to feel like that actual connection to who's, who you're working with. But just to throw out there, dude, like the way you've been running this last year or so, I think that everybody, no matter what brand you walk in, I think that they'd know you for sure. But, yeah, it is definitely nice to kind of um, feel welcomed and know that, like, you're a key part of, like, of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, obviously, qualifying for the Olympics is huge. Like, that's, like, that's what dreams are made of, obviously. Um, But you're a different runner than you were. The day that you qualified for the olympics as you were when you in may when you just uh won the the pre-classic and became the u.s you know champion um what's how did that differ for you um on a personal level of achievement how did that differ for you than the, the runner that that qualified for the olympics
1: yeah so making the olympics a year ago was like i mean that's like a lifelong dream yeah. you know yeah. And go and do that was like that was the goal. You accomplished it, like that. That was it, you know. Yeah. And then going into the Olympics, I didn't have too many expectations other than just to like enjoy it, race hard, and see what I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year, going into Worlds, I mean, making World Championships was really the standard for my season. Like a year ago, it was the dream to make Olympics. This year, it's like if I don't make the World Championships, I really got to evaluate what I'm doing the rest of the summer mm-hmm. in terms of my racing. Everything was. Everything is planned around being at the world championships in July. Yeah. So on a personal level, making the team was like, it's always a big deal. USA, it's a hard team to make, but the bigger thing was winning the U.S. title that mm-hmm. meant something like personally to me, mm-hmm. like to go out there and win my first U.S. title was super like, again, something that maybe I never dreamed I could have done and to mm-hmm. go out and do it, you know, um, that was, a you know, the big accomplishment. But in terms of making the team, I really, like, expected myself to do that. And I knew, like, if, if I'm at the level I think I'm at right now, I, have to, I should make this team.
0: Yeah.
1: But now going into the world championships, it's not just go out there, run hard. You know, it's like I have really high goals for myself there.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and, you know, doing these races in Oslo, racing these international fields in, in Tokyo last year, I've, I've learned been. a lot. You know, I had never raced an international field of that caliber before Tokyo a year ago. Yep. And so now it's like, I know a little more what to expect when I get um, to the world championships this year, where last year it was just like, I have no clue what to expect. You know, just just start the race. It's 10K. I've run 10K yeah. before, but in terms of the style of racing, yeah. how I stack up against
0: these, some of the best runners in the world, I had no clue. And so, you know, because, so you go into the pre-classic with, you know, this much, you know, higher standard for yourself. Um, but... So you ran I, you know you ran, i think you ran 1304 in a sound running right mm-hmm. uh, this year and i think i heard you say like at one point you finished you your time was 1306 i think in 2021 yep. and you were like on the ground dead you know and then you ran 1304 two seconds faster a year later and felt decent like it mm-hmm. felt good and, and i mean i'm not sure how how much longer you could have run but you know it is a big difference in two seconds faster and for us that are, that are watch you um and are inspired by what you're doing like can you talk us through like that progression of you know going all out 1306 great pr um but dead to 1304 after an injury mm-hmm. to this I'm i'm good and i'm ready to train and continue to go for something and get on a team in July.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, again, a a similar um, was I I expected more out of myself. Mm. Like, when I ran 1306, my PR before that was 1329. So, it was like like running 1306 was like a dream. It was like uncharted, something I'd never, you know, I had no clue what I was going to run. I could have run 06. I could have run 1315. Like, it just, I didn't know. And so, yeah, this year when I went out to to run – the 5k um like 1306 it's like you don't want to run slower than that that's why i ran a year ago i want to get faster but the race played out like a bit differently it was kind of slow early on and finished really fast and so i was um kind of encouraged that you know we didn't just run all out from the from the gun and um that would have put me on the ground but i think if we would have run a similar style i think i, I would have been under 13 that day if we went out faster mm-hmm. um, so to run faster than the year prior in more of like a tactical style race was pretty encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it just goes back to like kind of what you expect out of yourself where, you know, how you look at yourself as a runner and just having those higher standards based off, you know, what you did a year ago and thinking like, okay, I I should be better than a year ago, even with the injury, you know, workouts are going great. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like I expected that out of myself to be able to do that.
0: No, I think that that's dope. And I think that it's like, how do you, I guess, um, how would you say to someone, like if you were to put on a coaching hat, like, what would you say to someone that's like, hey, I'm, I want to, I'm trying to PR in the marathon or half or 5k at the, in the fall. Um, How do you go about building that confidence, you know, step by step? um or a little by little i mean uh, you don't have to walk me through step by step but little by little um to to maybe st- start the start uh, get to the starting line in the fall with a little a different feel yeah yeah no i think
1: that when when a race like that is so far out like even if it's two months out three months out i think it can be intimidating to like look at all this time and think you know that's you're telling me i got to be in you know i want to be in the best shape of my life in three months like it's, it's a long ways away. A lot happens in three months in, in life and running and everything. And so my approach to it is always just taking it day by day and looking at my workout for the day, um, you know, all the little, the little side things you do like prehab and like the, they gives you the confidence, um, and just taking it day by day. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, those days stack on top of each other and you're getting close to race day, then you can kind of start saying, okay, now the race is in a week. And like, I've had all these good days in a row. I've been stacking this consistency. Now I can think about the race. And so like in my recovery process from injury, looking at, you know, I didn't look at the sound running race. I didn't just think about that race every day. I was thinking about my workout. I was thinking about every day. What am I doing to to gain that confidence back? You know, I was doing, you know, I would do these workouts like right when I was coming back early on and you would never even dream of running uh, a 5k PR, but you're knowing that This is part of the process. And if I can do this workout, well, then my next workout is going to be even better. Mm -hmm. Those little steps along the way, getting that little bit of confidence every day, I think is super important. And then eventually you can look at the race day and then you just have that like sense of confidence that you've stacked all that consistent training, consistent, um, preparation
0: for, for the race day. No, I think that that's great. I mean, because having you do want to have like that one big thing out there, um, but sometimes it can be so overwhelming or like you said, or you could be so attached to that one day that you're not really living in today and you're not really focusing on like maximizing this workout as the thing you're supposed to do. Um, Because I've kind of joked before where it's like you'll be running um, a tempo run earlier in the training block or something and you're like, you're running at your marathon pace or whatever pace you're supposed to. And you're like, how can I possibly run this for 26 miles? Or like, there's no way, like I can, at this point, I can barely do six. And the thing I have to tell myself is that on the schedule today, it says six miles at this pace, not 26. Mm -hmm. So that's all you have to do is today. And you can't expect yourself to be, you know, three months out from now fit. You know, so I love the the fact that even you on a professional level take it day by day instead of like this big grand grand scheme you know
1: yeah well i mean i remember there was one day in florida where i had we were at training camp very early on after my injury and we had like six times a mile and i felt pretty good about the workout it was a very hard workout but then i looked at the pace and i was like wow this is like 20 seconds a mile slower than than i need to run for 10k i mean yeah. it was not even in the ballpark yeah but it was like that was the assignment today and it's going to make me better for the next one, and eventually those times come down. You get fitter and you gain that confidence. But yeah, it can. It's not always good to compare your workouts three months out to what you need to do
0: on race day. Yeah, not, yeah, not a good idea. And then, or you, or you can hit those paces now, um, if you pushed it. But then now you have to try to maintain that from now till exactly. race. Day. Yeah, I mean, there's a process to getting ready for race day. It's why training plans aren't a week long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those would be some, int- that'd be an intense week if it was a week long. Yeah. Um. And so I heard you also before I mentioned, you know, talk about um the race in uh, the Prefontaine. And you, at one point, you're like, you know, towards the end of the race, you're feeling good. I mean, like you said, it was a little slower than, you know, then uh, that you guys got out a little slower than you uh, maybe imagined. and It was more tactical, mm-hmm. but you were just kind of like expecting you know, something to happen differently than it did. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I mean, I didn't hear like you were, I didn't, when I was listening to it, I didn't feel like you were not confident in yourself, but it was just like, you were kind of thinking about outside, you know, the 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 external forces, like is Grant gonna come around, you know, who, who's gonna pass, you know, and who mm-hmm. you were kind of expecting that. And I just, can you kind of tell that, that last two laps of that again, just so we can kind of get a feel for yeah. that? I
1: yeah, the whole race was very tactical a lot of shoving around a lot of you know jockeying for position and we got to about you know two laps to go and i heard my coach yell for me to to go to the front of the race which was something i was not planning to do i really just wanted to try and you know come around with 100 meters to go and win the race but i didn't really i didn't really think you know i wasn't in a great spot tactically at the moment so i just did it. i just moved up to the front and i just led the race i didn't i picked it up a little bit but not too much i was kind of like cautious that i had to save enough energy to be able to kick at the end but i was just you know running which a pace i didn't think was crazy fast but i was just the whole time i'm expecting someone to come around me and, and really pick it up just because i knew how good the people in the race were, i knew the the caliber of the athletes and it just wasn't happening i mean like 400 meters to go i was really expecting someone just to blow by me and run you know 50 two second last lap. And then with, you know, 300 to go, still, no one was going by me and then 200 to go. And it wasn't until about 200 to go that I thought, you know, I, I just need to run for home. You know, I need to stop thinking, stop thinking about the people behind me and start thinking about the finish line.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah, then we got to a hundred to go and grant kind of pulled up on my shoulder. And my, my whole approach then was just, you know, kind of, ex- again, expecting someone to pull up on my shoulder. But if you're expecting that, you know, then my plan was to kind of try and match their speed mm-hmm. and then just kind of go by them at the line. Um, and it, it worked out very well. Um, it doesn't always work out like that, but uh, yeah, it was just, I guess that was a moment to me that showed like, maybe I'm, I'm a better runner than I was giving myself credit for mm-hmm. because I was just so focused on the people behind me get like waiting for them to go around me and, and pass me it just like has happened a lot in my career. I mean, that's the first time I've won a professional race um, I haven't won that many races in my, in my, in my life, even in college. And so, you know, I've always been kind of in the mix, but again, it's like people blow by me maybe at the end and then they win the race and maybe I'm second or third. And so I was just kind of waiting for that to repeat itself. But, um, I guess that's kind of been the story of my spring so far as I've been really kind of surprising myself a little bit with where I expect to be and then kind of actually, you know, showing that I'm a little better than maybe I expect. And so that was, Definitely one of those moments when I was able to actually win that race um,
0: to, you know, that was like, wow, that 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 doesn't that hasn't happened too often for me. Well, I mean, if if you had to pick a first win um, in your professional career, I don't think you could. I don't even think you'd imagine that that would have been the first win. So uh, congratulations on that for sure. Yeah, Thank you so much. I mean, the U.S. title is, as my yeah, first that's, is like pretty, uh, pretty ideal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you couldn't have you couldn't have uh, mapped that out any better. No. Um, have you watched that race back? You know, like, have you watched the? Yeah, I, I usually go back and watch my races,
1: like maybe a week later or something. Kind of let it let 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 myself kind of forget what happened a little bit, and then go back and just try and learn from it. Because, yeah. like I was saying, you know, tactically that was just like a, a battle. You know, it wasn't even like running; it was like pushing and shoving and trying to get yeah, position. Yeah. And so, you really got to learn from that, though. And so, yeah, going back and watching the races and kind of reflecting on the result, good or bad, is always, I think, super important. I mean. A lot of times when races go well you just kind of move on but mm-hmm. like even still in a good race there's
0: probably things that you could have done better yeah and and cause so the reason why i asked that because i've watched it and from the outside looking in i'm like this dude has this dude's got it like i mean the whole you know like got and it looked like it looked like the plan was for you to do exactly what you did in the last two laps you know like it yeah i know you said it wasn't the plan and you were just trying to like re- reposition and all that but from the outside looking in you look like you know what you're doing man you look like you're a professional for sure i appreciate that yeah i mean it's i think sometimes yeah like
1: it's nice that you had a little more confidence in me than i had <laughs> myself at that moment
0: yeah well just just yeah just know that in eugene um that, that at least me i know i don't know about everybody else but me i've i've got confidence in me you could do it appreciate sure. that. um and just really quick i know you uh, we talked about our sponsor uh your sponsor and then also mine and then the, the, the sponsor for the show um is a you can so how like how has you and you talked about nutrition earlier and how important it is to get the proper fueling in before during and after a run mm-hmm. uh, or a workout or whatever um how has you can played a role in your career in in the i don't know how long you've been on their team but like how long has it played a role with you
1: yeah yeah so i've been on with team you can since just after the olympics last year uh-huh. um and, and they've it's been again like i was saying with Building those routines of good nutrition, those routines that you can um, kind of rely on. Ucan's been a huge part of that. With um, I, I've created like you know before bed, I always mix like the Ucan protein plus uh, energy because I, I was I always struggled getting enough energy to sleep through the night, enough enough food in without waking up in the middle of the night feeling hungry, and so that was a that was like the biggest thing once I uh, started with Ucan. That was like the biggest change like immediately i was able to sleep through the night and not be hungry um but then even now like when i was traveling to europe you know i always carry the bars with me because you're on a 10-hour flight and those little meals they give you aren't going to sustain you till you till you get to europe and so i think the biggest thing is just having like the, the superstars fuel to sustain you like it's been really good like going from a run to a lift. Like you have you can just like have a bar and it's it's gonna sustain you, like you have enough fuel because in the past I would just try and gut it out until lunchtime, you know, like make make it to the next meal or whatever. You know, I wasn't maybe thinking the same way. But um so UCAN's been like a really good like resource. I would say like almost in a sense like a crutch like when you're not able to always make like a good nutritious meal to sustain you through You know the supercharged energy is able to to give you that energy without a crash that you can you know do your workout do your lift or you know until you're actually able to like go make a proper meal um or when your routine gets out of
0: whack you know you can still keep that consistency on the road man i thought it was just me that was like because i'll if i'm like rushing last minute and i'm like oh man i forgot to i forgot to eat properly or something I'll, I'll like hurry up and I'll grab like the edge really quick mm-hmm. and take that. And it seems like I've never I haven't had those feelings of like, Oh man, I should have, I should have had something to eat, you know, because yeah. those can really mess up a, a good tempo run or something mm-hmm. like that. If you're like starving or your blood sugar is low or whatever. So you can has played a huge role in mine for yeah. sure. Yeah. Or like if you're rush like you have
1: a run and you're rushing somewhere quick and like, you just like have a, you can bar or mix up a protein shake. And it's like, yeah, then you, you just you're able to keep recovering, feeling good, versus just like having that crash and just feeling like you're you know you're, you mean your your training is really 24 hours a day, your recovery is 24 hours a day, and so you need to keep keep fueling 24 hours a day, and so yeah, Ucan's just been super nice for the convenience factor of
0: like being able to to keep consistent on those routines. Yeah, no, I've 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 um been kind of like on like Team Ucan or I've been using Ucan for for maybe six months or so right now um and use it for a whole marathon training block use it during the marathon um and i just love like how it's you know on a good day it's you they have everything that you need you know start to finish like you got the the pre-energy workout then you have the the, the edge during the workout then you have the protein plus energy after the workout mm-hmm. and you have like they have, they have snacks in between you don't have to go to all these different places and sources to match to see what works out you know yeah, yeah. Yeah, and i would notice too like so for me like obviously i'm not training for the
1: marathon and so like my mileage is like on a daily average like a bit less but even with the long run like i'll run up to 20 miles sometimes and like Crazy. i was like noticing i would always get to like 15 or 16 feeling all right and it was like always just like the last four i felt like i was just doing so much damage on my body like trying to finish the run because i just had no fuel and so I started taking a Ucan Edge before, and then I would often take one at ten miles into the run. And it was like I'd finish the run just feeling like, like, and like obviously you're tired from the, the the run, but like from an energy standpoint and like, um, like fueling standpoint, I'd always feel super good, and I'd be able to like, I think that
0: that just sets you ahead in your recovery. Yeah, no, I it's been it's been really great, like, and I just love, I, I. I absolutely love the, the brand i love the company and you uh, can when you decided to go with you can did you compare did you think about like how on has been instrumental and in the com- the type of company on is to with like the type of environment that you can has as well because they seem from what i've known to talk to people at on and also you can it seems like they're really close to like the same vibe
1: yeah they they really are like they're very like tight-knit companies and and companies that like it, it, it's not just like, Oh, I want you know, I want another sponsor or something. It's like a company that you can believe in a product that you actually um, feel like is helping you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say that's like a, a good comparison is that, yeah, it's like, it's very close knit, like, you know, with, with on and both of you can. Um, and so like, they're helping you along with your journey yeah. um, in, in running. And so, yeah, that in that way,
0: they're very similar. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, let's do this giveaway. Um, then I think I have like one question for you after that, and then we'll let you go because I know you have to go uh, continue your recovery. You already did a workout. Did your, did your massage? Yeah, right. We got another one in a few hours. So. Oh man. Oh yeah. 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 People. Yeah. You guys got, you guys got your crazy doubles. Uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not at that point yet in my, uh, my training block. Um, so I'm going to need you to pick a number between one and seven in the person, the number that you pick. That person will win the uh, marathon training bundle. It has the it has a pack of you can't I mean it has a pack of you can't it has a pack of Edge. It has uh, hydrate, uh, the protein plus energy. It has a, I think it has bars as well. Um, so it's a it's a full pack to get people started in their training or their marathon training boxes. Most people are going to be running in the fall, so mm. this is like perfect time to test out fueling and all that good stuff. So please uh, pick a number between one and seven so we can have a winner here. All right, I'm gonna pick six. Six, okay, six. That's so funny. So six is uh, Kathleen Bailey. You are, <laughs> you are the winner of the training. The reason I'm laughing is because that's my mother. So that, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, so mom, you have uh won uh won the training bundle and um awesome awesome. So thanks so much uh for for joining me, Joe. Um, as you prepare to head off to Eugene, um. Can you just kind of let us know like what your thoughts are? Uh, and then just so everybody knows this is a part one of the Joe and Tommy show and uh, we're going to be doing a, a second episode in Eugene after you race. Uh, but I'd love to since I won't be able to talk to you between now and then, what are your thoughts going into the race and and how are you I guess preparing for this one a little differently maybe than others? Yeah,
1: I mean, I would say the biggest thing versus Tokyo versus this year is having it be on home soil.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so there's definitely a little extra pressure to perform. But at the same time, there's there's comfort that I've raced at Hayward Field a lot of times. And so I think that I'm really just approaching it a lot like the uh, the the Prefontaine 10K, you know, it's the same location. I'm flying in two days before just trying to keep those those variables all very you know consistent, like what's worked for me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um and that's, that's one reason I think that like being based here in the U.S. and then racing the world championships here, we got a bit of an advantage. You know, like last year we had to fly all the way to Tokyo and yeah. never left the country at that point. And so it was like just so many new experiences where this year it's like, all right, I've, I've been to Hayward a lot of times. I've raced there a lot of times. Let's not try anything crazy. Let's just do what's worked in the past. And I think it'll be a good race in Eugene.
0: And, and yeah, that's that's you definitely have the home court advantage here. Um, in uh, the pre was in in Hayward, right? Correct. Yeah. So like the last time you raced on that on that track, it was a good day. Um, so like, I'm sure that that's a, that's the back of your mind too, man. But, um, really want to say congratulations on your career so far. It's only been two years. It seems like it's probably flown by for you uh but watching the last especially within the last six months to a year i mean things have been really happening in in a major way for you and watching you race and watching you put your heart out there um, in front of us all is really inspiring and can't wait to see what you do and eugene um thank you to everyone that's watching the show and make sure that if you're watching this make sure that you run eat sleep and repeat and be well thank you so much joe thank you so much what up, that was Joe Clecker? Thank you so much, Joe, for being on the show. Thank you, you for sponsoring this episode um but Joe shared a lot of stuff here that I think we all can really resonate with. He's much faster than me. He might not be that much faster than you um if you're super fast, but there's so many things that we can learn from coming back from the from an injury and having to rebuild confidence and um setting goals and working with other people to do so to get to that point surrounding yourself around people like you did when he you was younger to that all kind of wanted to go the same somewhat of a direction as him um which is just to be a better runner so um so many cool gems here in this episode thank you so much for watching uh, make sure you comment make sure you rate the show make sure you subscribe to this podcast on this and whatever other podcast platforms that you listen to podcasts on um, like it, share it, all that good stuff. Go to Instagram, follow Joe. Go to uh, the Run Eat Sleep Show Instagram and follow us there as well. But stay tuned though, because this week, um, starting I think the 14th or 15th of July, World Athletic Championship starts. Joe Klecker races the 10,000 meter on the 17th of July. So make sure you find out how you can watch that. Go do it. It's a necessity. Also, subscribing to this podcast is a high high up on that list too. So make sure you did that. Then go watch. Love you guys. Run eat sleep and repeat. Peace out.